Candid, captivating, compelling. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. Listen in as Dr. Dina, medical marijuana pioneer and inspiration for the award-winning TV series, Weeds, shares never-before-heard stories, chats with cannabis insiders and celebrity friends, and provides invaluable perspective and insight into one of the fastest-growing industries in the world. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Cannabis Confidential with your host, Dr. Dina. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential. I'm Dr. Dina. You guys remember me? I missed you guys so much. Sorry, I haven't been recording as many shows as I should be. I have had a fabulous, fabulous experience in the last couple weeks, which is why I've been so busy. And part of that experience is reaching out to politicians and all sorts of parties, not just the Democratic Party, but the Republican Party, Libertarian Party, Independent, and trying to convince these people that cannabis is not the horrible, horrible drug that they thought it was. And this has been really challenging because to get in front of people, it's very, very difficult. And oftentimes you have to know someone or you have to donate money to their their campaign and, and be at the right place at the right time. And I have recently had the pleasure of becoming friends with Dana Rohrbacher, who is a Republican congressman out of Orange County. And Dana is so important to the cannabis industry. And the reason why is Dana helped co-author a bill called the Farrar Rohrbacher Amendment, and they had made it illegal for the, the DEA to come and arrest or raid illegal dispensary or cannabis business and they can no longer use government resources, federal resources, to come in and raid our stores. And that has given us so much freedom to continue to operate and, and less fear every single day and knowing that we are on the right side of history. And Dana has been able to introduce us to a bunch of amazing people and just trying to get some time with politicians to convince them that maybe they're wrong. Maybe they just need to see someone or meet someone and have an experience about cannabis that's positive for once in a while. And last week, I had the opportunity of meeting Ted Cruz, who is running for president, one of the Republican candidates running for a president. And he is up against Donald Trump at the moment for the nomination. And it's going to be really interesting to see what happens, because if Donald Trump wins the nomination and he, he were to win as president, most likely he would take upon Chris Christie as his running mate, or not even as his running mate, but you know, to be attorney general. And that would be very, very bad for cannabis because Chris Christie, we know, has a policy against cannabis. And so we wanted to meet Ted Cruz to see, because on the off chance that he were to get the nomination, even though he doesn't have enough electoral votes at the moment, but if he were, we wanted to discuss with him cannabis to see where he stands and try to win him over so that if he is, you know, our future president or even just being a senator right now, we need his vote. We need to get him to understand that cannabis is really important. I went with my friend Jason, who has cerebral palsy, who runs one of the oldest collectives in West Hollywood called Alternative Herbal Health Services, OzWeho. And we went down there, we met Ted, and we discussed with him that we've been operating for over 13 years in Southern California. And we work in medical cannabis. And I will tell you, he was most definitely nervous to take a picture with me afterwards, after we knew what we were doing for a living. But he did state that he would uphold states' rights 
And he did not feel that it was the federal government's job to monitor something that the state has voted and agreed upon. And so that goes with gay marriage, with so many other things. And he really felt that it's not his prerogative. You know, he personally would not vote for the legalization of cannabis himself. But he does feel that we are learning about cannabis in Colorado and Washington. And he feels that we're going to see in the future maybe some negative things coming out of Colorado when we all know the reality is he's not going to. And he's going to be sitting and waiting and looking at his clock every five minutes to say, where's the bad thing that's happening? Because it's only been positive. And the positive outweighs the bad in this situation. Maybe, you know, three incidences over, you know, three years. It's it's nothing compared to how much money they're, the revenue that the state is bringing in for education and for other things. And so I think that this stems very much, this is very important, because I noticed that when, when I discussed cannabis with Ted Cruz, that he kept referring to cannabis as marijuana. And it really bothered me. And I noticed that a lot of people do that. And most people don't understand maybe why that it bothers me. But I think that it's really important to not use the word marijuana anymore. The history of it comes from, it's basically, you know, they're saying Mexican marijuana. It's a bad word. It's the M word to me. It creates this exotic Mexican sounding name, and but it exploits a racist attitude and fear towards this plant that is something special. It's cannabis. It's not marijuana, marijuana. It's cannabis. And so there's language is, is so important. And I think that we all know that, that words, which I'm having a problem finding today, have a power. They transcend the formal meaning. They think of words, you could change your meaning of a sentence by the, the way that you say a word or, you know, the type of word you use. And that's why it's so important to cut the word marijuana from our vocabulary completely and just use cannabis. And so, you know, I just want to get rid of the negative feelings and stigma. And I, and I felt like Ted Cruz definitely had that. And when I started referring to it as cannabis, I felt like he was listening more. And so let's all take that and learn from it and know that you have the opportunity to change everyone's opinions around you, whether it's your parents, your grandparents, your boss, your coworkers, anyone you meet at the DMV or you meet at a hotel you're staying at or a taxi driver, an Uber driver, whatever it is, it's your job to convince people that cannabis is good and to be a respectful person. And I think that everyone is starting to see this. In Washington, D.C., they have created a initiative. It was initiative number 71. And this is what is basically given cannabis legalization in D.C. to an extent. You're allowed to cultivate at home. You're allowed to possess your cannabis, you're not really allowed to smoke it and you can't sell it, which is creating a little bit of an issue. But there's this new juice delivery company that just opened up in DC and they've figured out a way to kind of steer around the gray area of not being able to sell cannabis. And what they're doing is they are offering a gift that comes with every one of their juices and it's a gift of cannabis. And you can use it, you can buy it, you can grow it, but you can't sell it. That's their issue. So they're not selling it. You're buying a juice and they are delivering a lovely eighth of weed for the most part, depending on how much juice you buy, I would imagine. You'd probably get more cannabis. So I think that's a really creative way of going around circumventing the system. So people in Washington are getting really creative. They've watched what Colorado and Washington and 
California have been doing for years and they've learned and they're creative and they're going to make this, this happen for them. And what we're going to be talking about next is something that the people of DC have really come together and they did something pretty amazing recently and they carried a giant joint to the white house and had a smoke out in front of the white house. And so when we come back, we're going to be joined with my friend phone homie, and he's going to be talking about, he was my, my first-hand uh, correspondent out on the field. He was out there carrying that joint, smoking up in front of the White House. And we're going to hear all about it when we come right back. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina will continue after a word from our most confident sponsors. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber Vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. Tommy Chong is ready to cut through the smoke and change the tone of Tilk Radio. You know, during Dance with the Stars, I started feeling discomfort. Yeah. And not only that, I was doing these old man smells. And yeah. it was kind of embarrassing because, you know, the, all the Dancing with the Stars crew, cast and crew, you know, they were all young kids. Yeah. You know, and then all of a sudden, this old guy would come along and do one of those silent farts, you know, that you don't know you're doing it. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you smell, and everybody go, what the hell smells? And, you know, and you knew it was me. And, and so I'd scurry off to the bathroom, you know. And that's when I knew that there was something wrong. The Tommy Chung Podcast, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome to my world. Dr. Dina is back with more Cannabis Confidential, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. Thanks for hanging on during our short break. Our sponsors are awesome for hanging out with us. You guys are awesome. I hope you enjoyed a nice little smoke in between. Anyways, so we have today my friend, Rico, who he goes by Phone Homie. You can check him out on Instagram. He has some really cool t-shirts. And I met Rico when we were both judging Indica Concentrates at the High Times Cup in Denver. It was Denver, yes. Yes, Rico, yeah, wasn't it Denver? Right. Yeah, it was, it was Denver. Denver. And yep. we had so much fun. They gave us, I think it was about 59 samples. And the reason why I remember that is because I was so excited to sample them all, that when I got back to the hotel room, one of them was in a syringe, and I wasn't sure how thick it was, how viscous it was, and I pulled off the cap, and I was pointing the the syringe up, and I squeezed it, thinking that just maybe like a drop was going to come out, and when I did that, the entire contents shot out of the syringe, across the hotel room, onto the ceiling, and onto the mirror 
and to the wallpaper and to the counter and to my clothes and my purse and everything and everything I had was coated in oil. It looked like disaster. People were making fun of me. I was there for 10 days and it just, it was, it was a bad situation. But anyways, we made it through our sampling of all of these different types of strains and we became really good friends and now I follow you online and I always see what you're up to and I noticed that you, I know you're always at the cups and, and selling your merch. Talk to me a little bit about Phone Homie. Well, thanks for having me on the show, Phone Homie here. So yeah, we uh, basically have, I started out in around 2009 and got the idea that since we were over here on the East Coast, the laws weren't necessarily put into place. Actually, they weren't even talked about at that time. So I was wondering, how could I legally sell weed over here in D.C. and have a, you know, a business? And the only way that I could figure out was creating a, you know, the idea subtly on T-shirts and clothing and pairing up with the right people to kind of create a, a subculture sort of design on clothing. So it gets people talking and the idea is there. So if you're in the know and you pass by, you know that, you know, if you need need to weed, you can always phone home or you know, that there is that, that culture that is out there that you can access, you know, marijuana or cannabis as we were talking about as you were talking about before. So I went with the idea and as most people out of the back out of the back of the trunk first and then I paired up with Grassroots California, did some caps with them and the rest is pretty much history. I just went on and on, created more and more and the whole idea Besides being a clothing line, besides being a personality, I wanted to make sure that I was able to walk the walk and talk the talk by pretty much immersing myself into every aspect of cannabis that I was interested in. So that you know became extracting, growing, judging, competing, and you know just opening my mind to learn, to add, to get into advocacy, to a little bit of politics, and even into creating a podcast myself to discuss marijuana and to educate others, you know, on the information as we get it. So it definitely moves quite beyond just the clothing line. Absolutely. It's, it's, you know, I, I love that you have become more and more of an activist as you've seen the industry grow and realize that we need people that are strong and are committed to the cause and that want to give respect to the plant, because that's really what it's all about at the end of the day is respecting this plant that gives us such a gift. And right. I mean, I can't tell you how good it feels when my friends who, after being diagnosed with cancer or whatever it is that they're going through and feeling like there's no hope to calling me and saying, we just got our PET scan and our cancer is in remission, it's gone, and you were right, the the CBD or the cannabis oil or whatever it is that we, we got from you is working and thank you so much and it really is so special, and, and I know that you see that now in Washington because they, there aren't dispensaries out there, are there? Uh, there is. So we have, it started off with three, and I believe there may be as many as five now. The deal is basically you, you must get a medical recommendation, then you take that over to the Department of Health, a $100 fee is imposed on top of the doctor's recommendation fee. And from there, you turn that in, you wait a few weeks, you get your medical card, and that will allow you a choice into one of the available dispensaries here. So if you are a member of one, you can only be a member of one. If you want to be a member of another, you have to relinquish your membership of that current one that you're a member of to change over to another dispensary. So yeah, we do have dispensaries, but it's sparse. Interesting. Interesting how they make you only go to one. 
And that's not fair if the other, if one dispensary is out of something and the other one has it and you have to wait because you're only stuck to that one dispensary. That's no fun. We like being able to go to whatever we want. We like the freedom of it out here in California. And hopefully you guys will slowly transform into a little bit of a better system. But what is it like when you're smoking cannabis? I I hear you can get a ticket. So the law is you can walk out of your home or residence or wherever you're at in the the borders of Washington, within the borders of Washington, D.C., which obviously is a very small place, and 22% of it is federal property. So when you walk out, you can have up to two ounces of of cannabis on your person. So that means two ounces of the plant. Uh, it's not very, there's a gray area to define, you know, if it's two ounces of oil, two ounces of plant, but I believe that the general knowledge is two ounces of cannabis plant on your person you can walk out of the house with unless you happen to venture upon federal property, then that is illegal. So if you were to be caught smoking in public, I believe it's treated as almost the same as alcohol where you'll get a fine for public consumption, and then it, I've seen tickets for twenty-five dollars. So out of out of that whole protest that we had, there was actually two citations given for twenty-five dollars a piece to equal a total of fifty dollars. Wow! And now we're gonna talk about that when we come back from break because that's a juicy story. But mm-hmm. I think that that's kind of you know as much as I don't like anyone getting fined for using cannabis in public, but. 20, as long as they're treating it the same as alcohol to me in the legalization part, it just for me, a, a medical patient, I feel that should be able to, to medicate wherever you can smoke a cigarette. Correct. Honestly, I think that there were, the, the few people that did get citations were quite honestly happy with what they got. Oh, I'm they sure. They were very pleased. That's kind of like going to Denver for 420 and trying to get a ticket for smoking just so you can have it and frame it. It's almost it. fun. Yeah, exactly. yeah, my friend Jason was trying. No police officer wanted to give him a ticket. That was the funniest part. <laughs> he was almost you know, trying Jay, to force him to give him a ticket. He definitely tried. I know. He loves, he loves pushing the envelope. Yes, he does. We were definitely pushing the envelope with Ted Cruz, and that was very, very interesting. And, and it all goes back to why is that we want to deschedule cannabis. We, want, we don't think the cannabis should be a Schedule One drug. We know that there's medicinal value. We know that the DEA has lied to us. We know that the federal government has a patent on cannabinoids, so they have to prove that it works in order to get a patent. So we know it works. And so they can't lie to us anymore. And now we have such strong numbers that we're able to get together and fight the power that be and really win, really put cannabis where it needs to be, lower it in, in a schedule right now so we can start studying it, so we can put our money in the banking system because, as you know, we can't bank. And it's so frustrating when someone says, hey, I want to send you a check or whatever it is, and you say, sorry, business doesn't have a bank account. It's ridiculous, you know, and people should be able to use credit cards in these dispensaries, but, you know, they they can't because there's nowhere to put the money. The money can't go anywhere, and it's just so frustrating. So thank you for listening to me rant for a second, but we're going to take a short break. And don't go anywhere, Rico, because everyone wants to hear the story about you carrying a 50-foot joint to the White House and getting high in front of it. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Rico Phone Homie. Check it out. Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina will continue after a word from our most confident sponsors. 
Dr. Dabber, hurry. Its temperature is shooting past 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up. I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct. Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber. Doctor's order. Less heat, <laughs> more flavor. Northwest Alternative Health, Eugene's premier medical marijuana clinic, is proud to sponsor the Oregon Marijuana Business Conference. Are you prepared for the changes in the recreational and medical marijuana markets? The OMB presents the state's top industry experts, along with over 40 exhibitors, and features a keynote by Dr. Carl Hart. Also, tickets include a celebrity interview and private after-party with the one and only Tommy Chong. Join us Sunday, April 24th at the downtown Eugene Hilton, and be a part of Oregon's fastest-growing industry. Check out OregonMBC.com for more details. Get ready to hear something good about cannabis. I give you Jasmine Huff. Tell us a little bit about Jasmine. Give us the good news about how you've gotten to where you are today. Like all good children, I rejected my parents' values and, and ran off to become a capitalist in New York City and did a lot of work with an organization called Women 2.0. Looking at the cannabis industry, I said, you know what? Here we have a brand new industry. It's going to be a billion dollar industry. And the rules of who leads this industry and who funds this industry haven't been written yet. Good news, only on CannabisRadio.com. Dr. Dina is back with more Cannabis Confidentials, only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, guys, welcome back. We're almost out of time, but we're going to go through this story with Phone Homie right now about what it was like to carry a 50-foot, or was it 51 feet? So 51-foot inflatable huge joint that had a message on the side. We brought it as a demonstration to get the message across that we wanted to have cannabis deschedulized, really. Reschedulization is, I believe, what's on everybody's minds, but deschedulization, I think, is really the, the message that's ultimately being pushed. Yes. And so we go up there, and I got to tell you, that morning, I like to push the buttons myself. I like to push envelopes myself and get the message out there. And this particular morning, I was feeling butterflies in the stomach, very anxious. I, I was not. I was, you know, trying to. I was taking extra dabs that morning because I was just feeling like, damn, man, this could be, this could be crazy. This could turn out bad with all the stories going on in the world today. You know, the last thing you want is, you know, for this thing to go to the left. So, or for you, you to go to jail and not be stoned. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly why I was dabbing out so hard before I, I left. <laughs> yeah, I know how it is. I, I understand yeah. this. I understand this. So I did carry some joints with me, though, because I, I did intend to uh, get stoned in front of there. I just didn't want to have paraphernalia in the event of anything and then mistaken any sort of paraphernalia for anything that was, you know, because we had torches and stuff like that. They could easily mistake that for some sort of potential weapon. So I, I didn't want to get that message mistaken. That's very smart. We walk up to the White House and to Pennsylvania Avenue, and we, the joint is being def- uh, inflated. And I get into straight into position, right into a supportive position underneath the, the joints. We walk up to the gate that allows, you know, most passengers, most uh, tourists or pedestrians or civilians, Americans, whomever who's visiting to go through and, and visit the, the front area of the White House. And the whole place was lined up with Secret Service. I would imagine quite a few other branches of the police force, you know, that we have here because we have a lot of different police police departments, the sort of police forces here, police uniforms here in, in the district. 
That's a little scary. Yeah, so they the looks on their face, and you can look at some of these videos, they were not playing at all. It, I mean, they were like eagle-eyed, not having it. They just, you can, there was no almost no talking to them. If we moved to the left with the, the joint, they moved to the left with us. They followed us. They tried to blockade us wherever we went. Finally, we discussed deflating the joint and bringing it through. They allowed that to happen. So we, we got past with our Trojan horse, if you will, and proceeded to discuss the, the message. Oddly enough, there was a very raw anti, you know, anti-abortion demonstration that just coincidentally happened to be going on at the same time. And it seemed like they were trying to be a little bit louder than us and distracting, which seemed to be working a little bit. But we carried on. We got collected up, we gathered the message, and time after time, you know, just the clock came closer and closer to 420, and that's when we all discussed, well, if nothing happens by that time, if no messages were being discussed from the White House over to the activists, then we will proceed to light up in front of the White House and perform civil dis- disobedience. So that proceeded to happen, and, and actually what everyone was kind of trying to figure out a way because there were dogs walking amongst the crowd with, you know, uniformed secret service, all sorts of police officers, canines, you know, in and out of the crowd. So it was, you know, sort of very intimidating. So the, everyone was sort of trying to figure out, well, how will we do this and how will we distract the service to sort of back up from us a little bit. And so what happened was they inflated the, the joint back up in front of the white house the Secret Service and, and officers came and immediately demanded that the, that we anybody holding the joint leave with the joint out of the premises of the park. So they did that, and with that, a massive amount of police officers and Secret Service followed and sort of blockaded them out at the front. And we proceeded to make a lot of noise. Cars were honking, lots of yelling. I was yelling, turp, 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 turp it up. And, you know, running around like a fool, like phone homie does. And then... I ran back over into the front of the White House where many of us were still gathered, and it was about maybe 4.15, and everybody just started lighting up. Rigs were brought out. I took, I took advantage of taking a slab in the court's banger, and all of this was documented. It was amazing. It was a sesh at the White House, and amazingly, no incidents, no, no arrests except for two citations, and it was, it was so beautiful. Well, I just have to say thank you to DCMJ.org that put that together because that's really incredible when you get the power of that many people showing up. How many people would you say were there? Shout out to Adam, Adam Eidinger, first of all, for that. But oh, yes. I, I personally would say it was anywhere between three to 500, but the numbers that I saw were actually five to 1,000. So I'm not really a good counter, and I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I was pretty stoned. So I, it was a lot of people, though. I mean, we well, it made the news. The house. It made an impact, and mm-hmm. it definitely worked. So thank you so much for doing that. And what an incredible story. I mean, I don't know many people that have had a sesh at the White House. I mean, come on. Well, actually, I mean, Snoop did say that he might have smoked in the White House. And I know someone else that claimed that she smoked in the White House. But this is right outside the White House, and this right. is public people. So this is really right. impressive. Everybody saw this. The world saw this. Well, I just love that you came on today to share that story. And thank you so much. Where can people find you online? You can find me at www.phonehomie.com or at Instagram. You can find me at phonehomie, P-H-O-N-E-H-O-M-I-E. Well, thank you so much, Rico. You are my weed warrior of the week, and you have made a difference. I I was Googling all these articles and just the visual of this humongous joint saying, you know, Obama, deschedule cannabis. 
and it, it was really powerful. So thanks so much. And you guys go check out my my website, drdina420.com. I'm on Instagram, drdina420, and Twitter, drdina, and I'm on Snapchat too, drdina420. So go check it out. People tell me they like my snaps. Woo! Maybe I'll snap doing the show next time. That'll be fun. Anyways, thanks so much for joining us for another edition of Cannabis Confidential. And have a great week. Bye-bye. Opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.